Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Confabulation. We are, are we're three weeks into the new year and um, Biden just became president so I feel really happy about that. Well some type of relief at least and today we're going to be talking about we're going to do another hot topic segment and we're going to be talking about a variety of things don't forget to like comment and subscribe and let us know what you guys think and what your opinions and thoughts are about confabulation so i have all of the usual co-hosts on today and today our very first hot topic we're going to talk about is religion we're going to talk about how religion affects us on a daily basis Does ever does anyone have any thoughts or ideas on this? What were we talking about last time, last week, about religion? We yeah. talked about how a lot of um, Christians aren't so Christian. Well, for me yeah. specifically, like I've grown up in a pretty like diverse religious background. Uh, my grandpa is more or was Mormon. I have aunts that are Hare Krishna. My dad is Jewish. My grandparents are Jewish. Uh, my grandma is Catholic. Uh, my mom was raised Catholic. So it's like a really, it's a, I've kind of been exposed to like a pretty wide range of like religion as far as, you know, in my family. Um, and, you know, growing up, you know, I was, you know, pretty active and, you know, I guess you call it kind of a non-denominational like religion and seeing like a lot of different things, but I was never like forced to do anything and was always like, okay to come up with, you know, my own ideas and perceptions of, you know, whatever I think is, you know, right. Or, you know, whatever I think, you know, what I like, and I'll take different things out of certain religions that I like um, and kind of use them or principles, you know, in my life. Like I really identify with like Buddhist, you know, principles. I really like you know, meditation and um, just like the perspective on life in general, I really like. Um, so, you know, religion to me is just kind of, you know, it's important to see, you know, lots of different things, but um, I've always been, you know, pretty open to um, multiple religions. Well, I can say my religious background, I've Pretty much, I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist church, and I went to an SDA school, and then I went to an SDA college, um, so I've been pretty, like, stuck in that world, and then once I got, like, a perspective on how, like, Seventh-day Adventists look and how, like, the church was treating me, I had... I've, and I'm still battling with my religion. Like, I still believe a lot of the things that Seventh-day Adventists do, and I still believe in Christianity and God, and I had to separate Christianity and the people who are in the church from who God and what his true message is. So I've been trying to find my own way back to God and back to my religion, but I haven't found a church that I'm 100% comfortable with. I haven't found a pastor that I like who I, and I, and I understand like in a Christian point of view, no one is ever going to be perfect, but I'm trying to find a pastor who preaches that message. 
like I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, like all of these rules and regulations that Seventh-day Adventists have and all of these like little judgmental factors that Seventh-day Adventists have are like the most frustrating things for me. Like I had just come back from college and my mom found this new church that she really liked and she wanted me to go on a hiking trip, like a camping trip with them with. So I went on a camping trip and I was like spending time with my mom and we went on this hike and it was just like me and this couple that just kept talking to me and talking to me. They're like, oh, we have this book you should read. We have this book we should, you should read. And we were just talking about religion and, and I was like really interested and then I put my jacket down and I had earrings in and that's totally against it, like Seventh-day Adventist culture, norms or rules. And they immediately stopped talking to me. They wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't look at me. And I was just like, wow, this is why I hate church. Like you guys literally stopped talking to me and you guys view me differently just because I have earrings in. Like one thing makes you hate me. So yeah. And there's like lots of racism and stuff within my church. So I was just like, I can't do this. So you still attend that church? I don't attend that church anymore. Um, I'm trying to look for a church that I like better. I have found a couple like where the like sermons and stuff I could listen to, but I want to be with a pastor. Like I want to be in a church where I feel at home and I feel like the pastor listens and the pastor isn't heavily judgmental and the people in the church aren't judgmental either. Like somewhere welcoming. Yeah. I think we're only just talking about a pastor that we know uh, he was going to do this, this panel. And then he found out that it was part of the queer community was going to be a part of it. And then he backed out of, you know, being in that panel. Um, because he didn't want to be viewed or looked at differently within his church. Um, and, you know, that really just kind of like frustrates me when, you know, people will say, oh, everybody's welcome in our church, come, you know, we really want to embrace this community. But then you pick and choose which communities, you know, that you want to embrace. And I think that's kind of really why I've um, been reluctant to you know, attend churches or, you know, that feeling of, you know, the judgment, but. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that frustration. And another thing that I think really helped turn my faith away from God, I guess, was my mom. <laughs> she played a huge role into why I hate religion um because there's like things I would tell her I'm like okay our pastor said this and that's not right like generally speaking that just isn't right that's not something he should be preaching at all period or like I'll tell her experiences I've had with the pastor or the pastor's wife and I'm like these are people who are misrepresenting God and she's like but they've done this and this and this and this and I'm like okay but if you're not able to like condemn them over one thing I understand they're not perfect but you literally like my mom literally was like kind of not worshiping them but in a sense worshiping them like she would overlook certain things and then she shoved religion down me and my brother's throats and I think that's why we're not very close to God because she tried to force that relationship upon us which I really don't view as healthy and she still doesn't understand like she'll be like she'll text me she'll be like did you read your bible this week 
And I really don't think that's any of her business. Like, I really think that my relationship and my walk with religion is supposed to be personal. And yeah, so that's another frustrating, real frustrating. You're about to have a kid, Joy. What do you see yourself doing as far as teaching him about religion or God or whatever? That's actually because my boyfriend is atheist. So we've actually had this discussion a lot and he, he was raised in the church. So he said that it's fine for our kid to go to church and to be raised in the church. I just want to find a church like that I had described before, but I also don't want to shove religion down my kid's throat. I want them to know that it's personal and that whatever they choose or however they view God or however they view religion is completely up to them. I want them to have a more healthier taste with religion. Obviously, I'm going to teach some Christianity um, and try to represent God the best way that I can, but I'm also going to teach them that perfection doesn't exist the way that um, a lot of these other religions try to preach it. So, yeah. Do you enjoy you might have a healthier relationship with your faith um, and maybe not such an adversarial um, kind of frame of mind about your beliefs and your faith if you found a better, uh, you know, a better place to worship, a better church home? Because it seems like I, I don't know. It's just, I have, you know, my friend, my best friend, mm-hmm. uh, and I have a best friend who is a very staunch Christian. Um, we have been friends for over 46 years. She's all, we've been best friends through life. You know, she's just family to me, but you know, I'll go over her house and she lives in Portland. I'll go visit and she usually um, in her bedroom, she has those mirrored um, closets, you know, and she's always putting um, quotes from the Bible up on her mirrored closet. And when I know she's in really good spirits and in a good mood and in a good place in her faith, if there's all kinds of stickers on the closet, but if I go down to Portland and nothing's up there, she's having, and it all, this always proceeds her finding another church home because she's she gets just frustrated and she has the same battles that you do um but that always precedes it so I know she's in that space and while I'm not a believer um I respect her and everybody else's when everybody has to find their own path their own way their own belief systems or non-systems of belief um and and that's always to be respected. Um, but, but she's my best friend. And without her belief in God, she wouldn't be who she is. So I always get really sad when I see that happening to her because she's struggling so much, mm-hmm. right? Because she's come to like six, seven different churches. I think she's finally in one now that she really enjoys and that fits her. Um, but I see her struggling and I'm just wondering if that is part of, you know, part of what you're dealing with. Yeah, it, re- it really is. Um, I think that 
the one person I would have to say that has kind of led me back to Christ was Pastor Crystalline when we had her on and I saw her perspective on religion and when I was telling her all of these things that have happened to me and she was telling me that's not right whereas I've never gotten that reaction before from somebody else so I'm I'm honestly praying she starts a, a church and I'm just trying to figure out my journey without a church and that's kind of hard because you always need to be able to go somewhere to worship with a community that is like-minded and I understand everyone's not going to be 100% like-minded but I'm just looking for kind of like what we have at our sister's house a community that respects one another that is willing to entrust each other with their struggle and isn't willing to judge each other like I shouldn't be scared to tell my pastor this is something I'm struggling with this is an like this is an addiction I'm struggling with or like and be scared to be judged and my old pastor literally refused to baptize my um one of my cousins because he was conceived out of wedlock Mm -hmm. and I just was like I can't be here like for you to have that like those stringent rules upon yourself and upon your religion and for you to be like well God won't love this kid because they were married out of like they were conceived out of wedlock to me is very very unhealthy and Mm -hmm. even like in the Bible Jesus didn't even follow a lot of the teachings that were in the Old Testament he told people to meet people like he met people where they were so I just don't understand why we have all of these rules and like stringent things that we have to follow in order for God to love us I don't see that as healthy so you know even even though I'm an atheist those things affect my life too you know I mean being a black female atheist and I didn't know that John was an atheist too okay <laughs> you know it's it's difficult because because the black community is by and large very um Christian um I'll just say religious in general um you know because um you know Muslim religion plays into that too but it's, it does, it affects your life. Um, whether you believe or don't believe, you know, I think this is what, where we were talking about, Gabe. I mean, this is a Christian nation. And so it does affect you. It affects your relationships with other people. A lot of times it affects, affects your relationships with family members. Cause I was raised in the church too, you know? And then um, I, I went, from my, my grandmother was Catholic. My mother was raised Catholic. Um, and then we were raised in the Episcopal church, um, African Methodist, Episcopalian. And then I, you know, as a, when I was young, I think I was 11 and I didn't want to go to church anymore. And then, um, so I just didn't go. Um, but when I was about 18, 19, I, um, had a friend who, whose family was Buddhist. And so I got into Buddhism for a couple of years, which I actually really enjoyed. I really like Buddhism. Um, but then, you know, over the course of time in my life, um, and, and I actually find religion and people's relationships with religion, religion, extremely interesting. Um, it's one of my favorite 
topics, actually, even though I'm atheist. It's very, religion is very interesting to me, why people believe, why they believe the way they do, um, how they live their lives, how their beliefs affect their lives and whatnot. So I find it really interesting, um, but it, in a theoretical sense. And so um, just through my journey of learning about religion theoretically, different religions, I just um, became an atheist because for me to um, as a, as a Christian or a Muslim or any religion you ascribe to, you can do um, secularly. There's basically nothing you can do, you know, as a believer that you can't do as a non-believer. Only differences of faith in, in a God or a belief. Um, and that helps a lot of people, a lot of people you know, like my best friend, it's a, it's a great source of comfort for her. So I get it. I just, I'm not like that. Um, but it does affect our lives a lot. So. Understandable. Miss Beverly, we haven't heard from you. Um, I don't know. I don't like talking about my religious beliefs. I don't impose what I believe on people, I just don't. And I don't judge. I walk the way I walk. I walk what I believe. You know, people are different. And um, born perfect. And I definitely don't try to put a pastor and his wife or whatever on a pedestal and make them something that they're not, you know, and I don't try to be something that I'm not, but I know where, where my heart is. So I don't know. It's hard for me to discuss, uh, you know, religion and the way, pe why people do what they do and why they believe what they believe. And I don't know. Understandable. I think it's, it's hurtful in a sense to see a lot of people be chased away from God or like religious perspectives because of people in the church. And I think that there should be more people like you who don't try to impose their religion upon people. Cause that's one discussion me and John had is like, he talked to me and he's like, would you ever force like, and I'm like, no, because I believe that God like your relationship between God and your relationship um, between your faith is something that's very personal. So something that affects me and the way that I worship God and the way that I view God is not the way that you're going to view God. So if you ever find that relationship with God, it's going to be between you and God alone. Like that's how I've always viewed it. Um, and it was funny because when we went to go tell my grandpa that I was pregnant he barely looked up from his laptop like he was like okay all right like I'll see the baby when it gets here but when he found out John was atheist he was like joy how could you like he literally instantly blamed me he's like how are you gonna raise your baby like he was more interested in the fact that 
John wasn't a believer than the fact that I was having a baby. And that irritated me in a sense. Like, and he was like, have you given him the Bible studies? Have you prayed with him? Have you told him to attend a church service with you? And that's one thing that they'll never understand is that my religion is my, like my relationship with God is mine. Like you can't take that away from me and you can't like, I can't force it upon someone who doesn't want to learn. Like you already had that in another relationship where he was forced into a religion. And then this person is acting really nasty towards him, but she's claiming to be Christian. And I would rather show someone that I'm Christian than tell someone that I'm Christian because words and action have two very different things. So, yeah, that's how my best friend Mona is. She's just like that. In fact, I was in the closet, air quotes, if you will, for years, forever around her because I knew she was, you know, she had such a strong faith and she was, you know, and, and it meant a lot to her. And when I finally told her, she goes, Jill, you think I didn't know that? <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you know, and, and, and I, you know, because I would act, you know, like we'd have dinners at, you know, like at her house or, you know, somewhere, you know, her family, they all hold hands and bow their heads and pray. And, and for me, it was just an act, you know, I was just, so I wouldn't, you know, feel, you know, I didn't want to feel the pressure, you know? And um, finally, I just said to myself, I'm not doing this anymore because you're not being true to yourself. This is all an act. You are just doing it to appease other people. And if I can accept that person's faith and their belief system, why can't they accept who I am and what I am? And so I, and she kind of got mad at me because she said, you didn't have, you didn't, you didn't have enough faith in me to, or belief in me as your best friend to know I would understand that about you. I got news for you. I already knew that about you. I was just waiting for you years to tell me this. But so. I can understand why you're scared to tell someone that when oh, yeah. all of these other people out in the world, and I think this is where we'll get into the Christianity and politics, how all of these like Republicans and how all of these other um, people out in the world represent Christianity or religion. It's gonna like, cause it was more popular to say that I believe in Jesus like back in the day. And now it's more scarier for Christians to be like, I believe in Jesus and I have a religion because there are such negative and toxic ties towards that because of the way people misrepresent who I believe Jesus is. Um, well, there's such a stigma around it if you're a non-believer. You know, there not everybody is, you know, like Beverly or my friend Mona. You know, where you're just accepting you. You people do what they do, and you just accept who they are for who they are. There's, you know, most people aren't like that. You know, for the most part, they're just not. And so, you know, it's like, it's like being gay and coming out of the closet, like I said, you know, and, and, and that is most especially for me, like I said, in the black community, you know, 
I've been in the South and, um, you know, have gotten reamed for it, <laughs> you know, um, but and people just treat you like you're a pariah, you know, like, or what's wrong with you kind of thing. Um, so, so I, it's understandable. People don't, especially in, in political circles, um, too, you know, yeah, you, you, you might be one thing and say you're another just to fit in, to get, do the status quo thing. What was crazy to me is how like a lot of pastors and I was scared because it was including pastors of um, like pastors that were of color were talking about they're voting for Christ because they believed that, I mean, for Trump, because they believed that he was sent here by God or that he is a, a good representation of the Christian principles. And I'm just like a man who partied like, and has all of these um, women, like all these different women with all these different kids. And he also, the way he mocks the disabled, the way he talks about colored people, the way he um, wants to keep people out of the United States. Like, I'm just like, th this is what you say is a representation of Christ. Like, this is what you say is a good representation of who Christ is. That well, was just all throwing him under the bus because the storming of the Capitol was just a bridge too far for them. Hmm. You know, um, even the evangelists are throwing him under the bus now. But but yeah, it's just it's it's strange how um, well that that brings us to what um, um, we Beverly and I were talking about. Um, I, I, we were saying, can the president ever be, you know, um, non-Christian or an atheist and be the president and rule the country? That was one of our talking points. Um, and I think that they can. I think we can have an atheist president, like you don't have to be a Christian to be the president and, and run this country because we're supposed to have separation of church and state anyway. Like I'm the like religion should never enter in to the policies that and the laws that are that govern our country. So if it's not supposed to enter into it, I don't I mean but I see Beverly's point too. Like I don't in a way, I think you're right, Beverly. Like I just, like if it were to happen, there'd be all kinds of stuff. I don't even think they'd get elected because. Um, from one of the articles that I was reading when Bernie Sanders was running against Hillary Clinton, they, Hillary Clinton um, and her team were trying to portray Bernie as an atheist because they know that he wouldn't be elected in that way. I don't think that someone who is atheist can't run. I just don't think that they that would they'll win. Yeah. 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 I think there's going to be like a shift, especially I think millennials, especially are kind of more leaning toward um, less like religious views. Um, so I think that it would definitely be possible kind of in the future for someone who doesn't, you know, identify with a religion to become president. 
because like the voters that are coming in, you know, in this next generation, you know, at least what I've seen in this area, there's just more and more people that don't really like the way um, churches or religions, you know, their perspective on things or the way they view people. Um, and it's kind of shifting, I think. Yeah, like um, I was, Mona and I were talking about this too. And I think it, a lot of it has to do with the churches not knowing how to really engage younger people. Um, you know, and, and, and well, yeah, statistics show, Gabe, that you are actually correct, you know, but if you have a, a, if you have a system of faith, how do you then, even if you're young, you know, if you're 18, 19, 20 years old, how, how, you know, how does that affect how you struggle with where are you going to worship? Because like Joy said, when, you know, you want to have a community of people that share your like visions, you know, and like belief systems, where's that going to leave your generation, your guys' generation, who are faith-based? And I completely wholeheart. And I think that's the issue is that religion has been run by older people for so long who are unwilling to change their perspectives. Whereas like this newer generation is like, okay, so what if you are like, for example, gay, or what if you are trans? Like that doesn't mean that God loves you any less. Whereas in the like um, older people who don't have that mindset, they're like, well, yeah, God's going to hate you because of this, because it states so in the Bible. And the crazy thing is about the Bible is that it has been translated so many different times that some of the things that have been put in there are of original scripture. So unless you have like the OG Bible, you don't exactly know what God's. Yeah, um, and nobody has the OG Bible. Exactly. Because the historically, the Bible wasn't even supposed to be a book. It was all those different scriptures. And most of them, because of the King James Version, the way it was canonized, a, a lot of that isn't even in the Bible. Um, because basically, it was too expensive to print paper. So they had to get rid of a lot of it. Yeah. So where are, where are those scriptures? And that's another thing a lot of people don't put into practice or understand is that scripture is, um, has been manipulated to whoever that king in that generation or who was ruling in that era, era was. So if they wanted to, let's say, practice something that was in the OG Bible that would, re would restrict them, they would change that translation. And that's what's crazy. So I think to me, like a lot of the messages behind Christianity and that God has portrayed have been misconstrued. And to me, like God's whole entire lesson is just unconditional love and forgiveness that everyone can be accepted. So that's the practice that I try to do the most. And I don't I, to me, because I know lots of like religions are fighting because you're going to hell and I'm going to heaven. And I think that's a nasty way to think about it. I believe that there is no religion that goes to hell or goes to heaven. I think that everyone goes to hell or heaven, depending on their relationship once again with Christ or their um, 
or who they worship. So. Well, yeah, because the, well, the common, the quote unquote common folk when the, when the Catholic church and um, King Henry were having a battle out, you know, they, um, you know, they split. And so they, they took the Bible and, and said, you know, common folk, this isn't for common folk, common folk cannot read this. Right. And so it just down through the ages, people who weren't of royalty or weren't in that royal circle, they, that was their first, you know, in the westernized world anyway, that was their first um, taste of the Bible. Like they were only told these things. They did not, they were not able to have the Bible to read and decipher things for themselves because they were ruled by the monarchy. So um, that, that has a lot to do with how the Bible through the ages came about and what is in it and what is not in it, you know? So, what'd you do with, receive it. what'd you do with your kids, Jill, as far as like religion goes in church? Um, my husband or my ex-husband was Catholic um, and he went to church like at least two Sundays a month. I, did, I didn't go um, unless there was a special event like a wedding or something like that. Um, but he would, he'd take the kids every once in a while, but he didn't make them go. Um, so they weren't really raised in the church like I was. Um, it was just, it was their choice. They know that, you know, they know about religion they understand belief systems. They understand faith and non-faith. They understand all that. It was left up to them to make their own choice. Um, none of them are, out of my three boys, none of them are churchgoers. They never have been. Um, one of my son's uh, hat is on the fence. Um, one of them is does not believe and one of them is just kind of like i don't really care he doesn't even bother himself with it but um but you know those were their decisions it wasn't like they weren't educated in it because um you know i've always been interested in religion and i always wanted my kids to make a choice right and so it wasn't like they were not educated in um different re you know different religions, because I took theology in school. Um, and so I, <laughs> they know it's just up to them. It's up to them what they wanted to do. Um, so I don't, I don't push, I let, I let them find their own path. You know, Lord's, Lord's does things like he'll pray at a meal and which I find interesting. I don't say anything about it, that's him. But I find really interesting. And then do you pray any other time? You know, but he, he doesn't. But you pray over a meal. But everyone has to find their own path, 
you know, I don't think my granddaughter will be, um, in fact, I know for a fact, she won't be raised in the church. They went, oh, the mom and dad went over it because um, they thought, isn't this something we should do? Um, not because they are of any, you know, belief system per se, but because they thought, and I thought it might be good for her to go just to make, you know, so she gets um, an understanding um, and then make up her own mind, but that's on them. If they want to, they can, whatever. I'll support whatever they do. But basically that's how they were raised. But my mother and father weren't believers either. They went through the motions of it because, you know, that's what you did. And they lived in a time where, you know, you just went to church. And um, through the civil rights era, they went to church mostly for community. Um, but my mother was not a believer. And I found out my grandmother wasn't either. <laughs> no. And my dad does not believe. But I didn't know that till I got older. I had no clue. I had I did not know. I think that's all interesting. Um, do you think that your religion has shaped your morals and your values? Well, I know Jill doesn't have a religion, but Gabe. Oh, but I still have morals and values. Exactly. <laughs> no, I was kind of thinking about like, what would the world or what would society be like without religion or without like a belief in God, like how it would change. And I think people would still have morals and ethics and values um, just based on, you know, their experiences, what they learn, you know, from their parents or, you know, people that they interact with. Um, well, yeah, we have to, we're social, we're social creatures. We yeah. have to cover, look, if we had, if, if, if there was no religion, right, you'd still have morals and values because if I go down the street and kill somebody who that doesn't benefit anybody and it hurts everybody so as as human beings you know we 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 think you know we have a mind we have a brain we can think and notice you know that's probably not the best thing to do for it you know and so before there were religions we figured these things out or we wouldn't be here today. The human race would be decimated before we even got a good start. So um, yeah, we, we would. But having said that, I don't think you would want to live in a world, if you think about all that, that religion has um, inspired right? Because I really love art. And look at all the art that has been religiously inspired. Look at all of the books written and poems written, all the beautiful things that have been created through an inspiration in God. This religion, whatever country you live in, we live in America, so it's Christianity. Most of the Western world is Christianity. So if you think about it, it's so ingrained in, in um, our way of being. Um, even 
even me as an atheist, it's so ingrained that I, I don't think you'd want to just wake up one day and it was all gone, right? That would it, be scary. It's just too much. I don't think you'd want to live in that world. If you'd never known, if religion never existed, okay, we would be what we are, but it does exist. And it has had huge impacts on us as human beings throughout the ages for, you know, thousands of years. So, I mean, if you kind of think of it that way, you wouldn't want to just, I see it trending to where um, people are less apt to go to church and and maybe um, relate themselves to any certain denomination, but that, but religion and a belief in God to me are two two separate things. I think that we would be more so like um, we'd be a lot more social if there was no religion, because um, a lot of the laws and a lot of the policies that a lot of these people want changed are based within religion and nothing else. So yes. I think those would immediately evaporate. Like those type of people's beliefs and their systems would immediately evaporate. Like views on gay marriage, for example, I think that's you know a big one. Um, just people believing, oh, these are you know devils or whatever. They're never going to go to heaven. But if it's not hurting anybody, you know, I don't see a problem with it at all. Um, but one thing when I was younger, though, like. I believed in God and like learned about karma and stuff like that. So like if I'm at a gas station and they're like, Oh, I can easily steal this pack of starburst. I wouldn't because <laughs> I was, I was like, Oh, it's going to come back around and get me or, Oh, yeah. God's watching me. And I, I can't do this. Like something's going to happen or I'll go to hell or something like that. So um, definitely when I was younger, I think that was like something that was like always in the back of my mind like as far as like my behavior and, you know, things that I do um, or like my conscience, um, like regretting things, you know, because it wasn't right or whatever. Um, that's kind of, those were things that, you know, I always thought about. I always thought when I was younger, I just based everything on, am I going to heaven if I do this? Am I going to be <laughs> in heaven if I do this? Like, I, I always just imagined like joy just broke this rule being like written down and like that's all that I could picture is that God writing down reasons to not let me into heaven and so that's why I can't do a b c and d so one thing that I've kind of had trouble like wrapping my head around is you know, like when someone says like, all you have to do is ask for forgiveness for your sins and you'll be forgiven. Um, like even like doing like terrible, I don't, I don't I don't know if I'm wrong, but like doing terrible things and then just like, oh, can I have forgiveness for this? I believe in you and, you know, still go to heaven. You know, that's just always been like kind of difficult for me to grasp. I think that's one thing I've been having a hard time with is and I base it based off of me and um, it's hard for people to comp. This is how um, I've kind of been studying it is it's hard for people to comprehend who God is because none of us are God and none of us have his personality. None of us know exactly what he is. We all just believe in him because of faith. That's our only like deep root within God and Christianity. 
So when he says that you're forgiven, people think that like, oh, I'm forgiven. So I could just go do this again. And that's not the intention I believe that is meant is um, when you say I'm asking for forgiveness for this, it means that I'm going to try my absolute best to never make this mistake again. I'm going to try my absolute best to never, ever do this again. And you're not perfect you're going to be imperfect and you might make that mistake again but you should never run away from God and that relationship with him because he's going to love you no matter what it doesn't matter if you ask him for that forgiveness or not like he's going to continuously love you so that has been my perspective on it and it's always been called grace so that's one thing I've been trying to learn more about is grace and how like, how can I extend grace, not just to other people, but to myself. So I've been practicing giving myself more grace and forgiving myself for things. And um, yeah, that that's just how I view it. It's, it's, it's a hard concept to view because we're such judgmental people. Like, whereas God isn't, people think God's judgmental when he isn't. And um it's all about unconditional love. That's where I kind of place everything into. It's how I view myself, how I forgive myself. And that allows me to forgive other people as well and give them that extent of grace and unconditional love. So it's, it's a hard concept. Yeah, I yeah, because I'll go down to Portland. Mona and I will go out or do something or we'll sit up at her kitchen counter for hours and drink like three bottles of wine and <laughs> get drunk at her house and have a good time. And then um, I'll, I'll, I always joke with her, you know, we'll like, we'll go down the hallway and my room's on one side, hers on the other. And I'll be like, okay, Miss Christian, good night. And she'll be laughing. She goes, I'm under construction. <laughs> you know, and then actually have to think about that because um, even though even though I know very few very very out of all the Christian people I know I know extremely small amount who um, actually live by that right um, but like you said, Joy, every you're not perfect and whatnot. But I, there's just people I notice um, that say they're Christian that I'm like, okay, say whatever you want to say about yourself. I'm a mouse, you know. I'm a nurse. I'm a, you know, it's that kind of thing for me with them because they don't exude what 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 Christianity is to me. I mean, my best friend exudes Christianity right? To me, you know, she is, she is just that person, you know, and the other people I know that are like her, which are extremely small amount of people are, are more, are like her, like you, you know, they, they are loving, they are forgiving, they, they don't sit up and, um, you know, not try to understand people's views. They hold their own views and face and whatnot, but they don't try to you know, get people on their, on their, on their boat. But that thing she said about being under construction. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm still built for her. It's like, I'm still building that building, you know, 
Um, I'm not perfect. I'm still trying to understand. I'm still trying to learn. I'm still trying to walk in that. Um, but it's a journey, you know, it's, it's a brick by brick by brick thing. And so, yeah, that's, so that's, that reminded me of that joy when you said that, when she says, yeah, I am under construction. (laughs) Sorry, Jill, what were you saying? Oh, no, I just said, I find, I, I see that and I see, to me, it, it's, it's true. You know, I, the, the Christians that I know that are like that, yeah, they're, it's a brick by brick journey thing, you know? One thing that I've found kind of funny is I thought that I would have to teach my grandparents and my mom to be more accepting of like the LGBTQ community because I have friends that are it within that community. And I was never scared to bring them home because I know that if my mom tried it, like I would get back at her, but she has never been like that. She's never questioned them about um, their practices or how they view marriage. She's just like, yeah, God loves you. Like, and then she doesn't like pray for them or anything. She's just like, yeah, God loves you. And that, and then she'll like walk away. Like she doesn't question anything. She's always been welcoming. And it's weird to me because, um, I thought she was so stuck in this position of like the rules of religion. And then it was even funnier when, um, we were at church one day and, we were sharing our church building with this Russian church that was also Seventh-day Adventist. And these two Russians um, came over and they're like, can you sign this petition to not allow um, gay marriage to exist? And my grandpa went up to him and he's like, you need to pack your stuff up and leave now. He's like, you're in a Christian church and you refuse to sign this petition. God would want you to sign this petition. And then he was like, well, God also gives me free will. If these people want to live that lifestyle, is it hurting you? And then he's like, well, no, but they could teach it on our kids. And he's like, and if our kids learn that, are you going to hate your kids just because they're part of that group? And then he was like, no. And then he was like, God gives me a free will. God gives everyone a free will. So you giving them this law, that doesn't stop them from practicing it. That doesn't stop them from doing anything. You're just restricting them. And now they're going to go and do it in the quiet, like in a more quiet way. You're just taking away the act of marriage. And he's like, God gives everyone free will. And for you to sit here and try to restrict people from free will, that's not very Christian of you. And then he like packed up his, they packed up their stuff and left. And I was shocked that my grandpa was saying that. Cause if you ever met my grandpa, he's like a scary judgy person. <laughs> so I was really like, I was shocked that I had even been there to witness it. It was like my grandpa and my grandma, like attacking him on this. Lord said your grandma scary. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always says the opposite. They think my grandma's um, really nice and my grandpa's really scary. Oh, Lord said, she don't mess around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was, that was pretty cool. Um, But now that we are, I feel like everyone's done with the religious topic and we have a couple more minutes left. We were recently discussing the vaccine and um, the efficiency of the vaccine and how effective it's going to be. And we came up with all of these different type of questions. 
And um, one of the things that I ran into um, was that they actually are telling people who have had COVID before to get the vaccine anyway, because they said that their antibodies or something might not work against it again. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I, the the one that came out where you're 65 or older and you can get it, well, I'm okay. How old is daddy? He's 94 now. And he called me yesterday and he was like, I got the email and they said, call this number starting at eight o'clock in the morning. And if you knew my dad, he probably had his finger like this at 7.59 ready to dial the number. And he said it was that he couldn't get through for like three, four hours. And he finally got through and um, it was gone. It was gone. So he has to like wait for them to re-up to get it again. I mean, for him to get it. Um, it's going, I guess it's going that fast. So yeah, it says all that. the different parts of the countries are seem to be different, you know like in distributing and access. Um, yeah. I thought they were giving it out in groups of certain demographics who would need it more, but I've had friends who have now gotten their second vaccine or people in my age range. Who oh, got really? They've gotten their second round already? Yeah, I've had people who have gotten their second vaccine. Actually, I think she lives in Oregon. Yeah, so I only know people who've gotten their first vaccine. Um, I guess, so Biden said he's, it probably won't be until, you know, the end of this year, but he's going to see if, you know, it can be more accessible, like in pharmacies, like Walgreens or whatever. Um, so it's more accessible and he wants to try and set up community um, outlets for it. I don't know how they're going to do that. Maybe take a building or um or something in each community where you can go get vaccinated and he said i guess his priority is um communities of color that have been so decimated by the <clears throat> by the pandemic he said that i guess that well that's what the press secretary said yesterday that is no if i like that yeah, I, yeah, with our history of vaccinations and, um, you know, being guinea pigs for, for the medical community. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to wait on my vaccine. I'm definitely choosing to wait on my vaccine. Well, I can't get it anyway because I'm pregnant, so I'm glad. Oh, yeah, you can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I also saw that they will not be forcing people to take the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we both all said yet. Yeah. Uh, you, said, you think it's yet? Why? Oh, I just because think about it. If you this has decimated everything worldwide. And they're not gonna allow that to happen again. Not so much for health reasons, because uh, you know, we live in a capitalistic society but more for economic reasons. Like they're just not gonna let that happen anymore. 
there's going to be there's going to be another pandemic. There's going to be another virus. I don't know why it was this long in our lifetime for this to happen. It was inevitable. It's going to happen again um, with a different virus. And so they're, this one, they saw firsthand what happened and they're gonna put checkpoints in so that it doesn't decimate the economy worldwide anymore again. And that will include probably, I mean, if you wanna travel somewhere, they were already saying they're trying to find worldwide a way to check if you've been vaccinated before you come into another country and stuff like that so well i think that if you're trying to come into another country i understand why you get vaccinated like when i went to uganda when i was like 12 i had to get certain vaccines in order to go um so i understand that aspect but um and i also understand because there are mandatory vaccines now like, I remember I got kicked out of middle school one time because they saw that I didn't have like two of my vaccinations. So there already are kind of regulating other vaccines, but yeah. I, I could see where you're going with that, how they would regulate regulate it in order for you to go to, um, to school. Um, I'm kind of scared about the workplace because that yeah. would definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. An, an employer could, make it mandatory for you to work you have to get a vaccine well and it also depends uh, like on your place of work like i i think that if everything stays remote i don't see us getting a needing to get a vaccine but i could see other people um have other types of jobs having to get a vaccine especially if you're if you're an essential worker or if you work in the hospital like you're most likely gonna have to get the vaccine Oh yeah, it's it's just not gonna be far off before you. If you want to do anything, if you want to move, if you want, if you want, if you don't want to change your patterns of movement, then you're just gonna have to get it. Or what yeah. if it becomes like to eat in a restaurant, you have to have a COVID vaccine? Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's what I mean, kind of yeah. by patterns of movement. If you're a person that likes to go out and about all the time and go to restaurants and um, bars and um, shopping and to clubs and to the theater and the museum. Yeah, if you like, if you like to do that all a lot, your mode of movement is going to be affected by it. Because I, I would bet I will bet you won't be able to do those things without proof of vaccination. I hope, well, I already know that's what's going to happen. I'm just hoping that by then there will have been lots of tests and trials for me to be comfortable enough to receive it right now. And um, as of right now, I just know I'm not comfortable. I'm not either. Like, I'm not against anyone who gets it, but I just know. But think about it. All these um, childhood vaccinations that we get, um, I think in in the future, it, it, it'll just be a childhood vaccination that you get. And so, you know, it will be like 
got it in childhood. And, and I, then I think that the freedom of movement will ease up, but. But I don't, well, yeah, in the future, I could see that being possible because I don't even think that they're allowing kids to get it now. No. But, yeah. but just like, you know, when, when, there, when we didn't have a vaccine for polio and all these and mumps and measles and all that stuff, that rubella, I mean, it'll just become a childhood vaccination that you get. They will have perfected it, I'm, I would assume, by then to the point where, you know. I wonder how anti-vaxxers are gonna deal with this though. That's the group I'm really interested in seeing. Anti what? Oh, anti-vaccination people. Yeah, because I know that that group has already said that their kids aren't going to get all the other um, vaccinations anyway, like all the necessary required like vaccinations. But they're requiring, but they're not allowing them to go to school either. That's true. Yeah. Or and some of the schools weren't allowing them to even go in um, virtually. Really? Yeah, my granddaughter was one. What happened with what happened, Beverly? Uh, my my daughter doesn't believe in vaccinations, so her daughter doesn't. My granddaughter doesn't have is not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And she was supposed to do, she still is not in school. She's 15 and she's not doing school virtually. They didn't give her a computer and they were telling her that the school's demanding a, um, a um, waiver or vaccination record. And she was in school without the waiver. She was in school with the waiver mm-hmm. and they started asking for the waiver that she had to get it again and they went that was already on record so they're not even going to be accepting waivers for for um what is their reasoning behind that or did they um, give one so and well i told my daughter to challenge them because if she's in her own house on the computer yeah why does she need to be vaccinated why or why why does it matter that she's not vaccinated so yeah is this a way of punishing her because she wasn't vaccinated in the first place? That's what it sounds like. I don't know, but can't remember. It's not Tacoma Public School. I it's not. Yeah, it's. Um, can't remember which school district, but um, yeah. So at, right now, she still does not have a computer to work virtually. That is. Oh, uh-uh. That, that is straight up wrong. Because you took her waiver when she was physically in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and she wanted, my daughter wanted to transfer it and they wouldn't accept the waiver from the school. She was vaccinated. You know, they will not. Now they there are um, requirements on newborns. They, they have to get those what is it two or three vaccinations and then after that it's the parents choice and my daughter chose not to get her kids the vaccinations 
after so many months, you know, before they leave the hospital, they actually get um, something or they go back and get like the drops or something. Can't remember, but um, yeah. I, I'm assuming that would be an MMR and the polio one. The measles. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know, but yeah. Wow. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. That, that I would, yeah, you told your daughter right too, I think, Beverly, because that would have to be a challenge. That's ridiculous. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. That's really interesting. Um, do you guys think that COVID should be regulated or uh, vaccination should be regulated or forced upon people? I don't think it should be forced, Joy. I think it realistically, they do have to regulate it, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think they should force. But then if they don't force it, what are going to be the ramifications? Well, in order for it to be effective, don't the majority of people have to get it? Yeah, for herd immunity, I guess. But that's but 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 the thing is, and and like, you know, my granddaughter's parents are on the fence. They neither one of them like vaccinations at all. But, you know, my granddaughter had to get vaccinated or, um, you know, she was, I guess they could have done a waiver, but they did it. They just had her vaccinated. Um, but the thing is, if something pops up and then you're not vaccinated against it, you know, there can be a lot of health problems and then other people who aren't vaccinated against that, it can spread really quickly. Um, like mumps, measles, rubella, polio, um, and a lot of the other things. And now COVID, I guess. You can, but yeah, yeah, it, it, and, and, and you can die from these things, you know, but, Huh? I mean, my it's just my thought. You can die from anything. We're gonna die from something. Yeah. So. Yeah. I yeah. I I I get that. I'm just saying that as a child in like say grade school. Yeah. Um. That. That how you know if there if something happened and you weren't vaccinated against it. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, medical technology has come a long, long way. So if you get the measles, um, you won't necessarily die from it, not necessarily, but it's just the spread of it. That's yeah. Hmm. I mean at the end of the day, I believe in everyone's choice and freedoms to practice however they want. And um, I just think that it's gonna be an interest, interesting to see how the government 
tries to regulate this. And I'm kind of excited to see the, um, well, not excited. I'm curious to see how the Black community is going to respond to this because I haven't personally came any, uh, I haven't actually besides my aunt, but I don't talk to her. She got the vaccine. I haven't come across anyone who is um, of color or black that is willing to take this vaccination so far. Well, and my um, cousin is a nurse. So, you know, the statistics are always the worst in the black community. But she said, um, it's because we don't show up. So they, they have to take the small amount that do show up, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like if they, if they say 1,000 show up to, to, for us to test, you only get like, what, 20 out of the 1,000? So they take that number and that's the number. And then they say, Blacks have the highest rate of this. They have the highest rate of that. They're the most disproportionate. And it's because we don't represent. So they take those numbers and it, and it always looks worse than what it is. Yeah, because if you can take any factor in, 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 a, in a, an experimental design and manipulate it mm -hmm. and then have a different statistical outcome outcome right yeah so yeah i i know i know black people who have taken it but most of them are in the medical field although my niece is in the medical field and everyone in her office she works in a chiropractic office and everyone in the office she's the only black person in there everyone took it and she refused it because like uh now i'm gonna just wait and see how this pans out <laughs> yeah my, my grandma's in the medical field and so is my a couple of my aunts and they're refusing to take it as well mm -hmm. so what are they saying working in the medical field and they refuse to take it i, I heard that too did you ask your aunt that too my Laura? my um my cousin is um allergic to latex mm. totally mm -hmm. so she 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 has a waiver to not be to not have to take it right now she's a traveling nurse so she's here for three months and so she doesn't have to take it now so they have to figure that out though but she's because she was at good sam oh that's where my grandma uh-huh she's that good sam and they were um so they're getting to where they are it's mandatory that they take it and yeah that's what they they told my niece it's fine for now she just has to make sure you know she takes those extra precautions and she's up on you know, always washing her hands, wearing her gloves or masks, sanitizing, all that stuff. But she did say, you know, that she was told eventually she's going to have to or she won't be able to work there. Well, did your grandmother tell you, Joy, that 
they have to they have to actually be tested every night that they come on shift or no, every day she didn't tell me that she just told me that one of her friends had a bad reaction to it mm -hmm. um and she went to the er because uh, i know that after you get the shot you have to sit there for 15 minutes mm -hmm. to see if you have a reaction to it and um and she didn't have the reaction. Then she went home and an hour later she had a reaction. So she went to the ER and she's fine now, but she was just, that just kind of scared her. And she knows a couple of other people who took it. And so she just, she thinks that it was created way too fast. And my other question is what happens when you do have a reaction to it? Have they already made like an antidote for well, what happened? Right, right. And my cousin says that um, uh, they did make it too fast. And so they don't know enough about the um, all of the um, side effects. And another thing, giving it to Black people, how the reaction is definitely going to be different. Yeah, because that's another thing a lot of people don't understand is that a lot of the medicine that has been tested hasn't even been created for women. It's only been held up against a white male standard, like mm. how we have heart attacks and all that other stuff has been only like they've only seen it in white male and they only have those. Um, what's it called? Those symptoms are from mm. white males. Like a lot of the things that you see on WebMD are not towards black females, black males, or even white females. It's all geared towards the patriarchy, which is white men, white men. So that's, that's scary. Yeah, because as women, we have different levels of different chemicals in our bodies from men, um, just because of, you know, historical diets and whatnot for black folk. We have different things going on in our body because of diet uh, over, over, over time. Yeah, you never know how that's gonna affect a different um, population of people. Yeah, yeah like, or like what about people who live in the Pacific Islands? who um, are in a different climate, who um, have a different diet historically, who, um, who, you know, there's just different things going on in your body, how that would affect them. Exactly. I think there's a lot of things here for us to question. If we dove deep into the racism of the um medical field which i guess i will put as a topic yeah, yeah um it would get pretty intense but yeah. um it is 3 30 and we are officially off the clock actually okay. <laughs> um so i just want to close this confabulation out with let us know your thoughts and opinions are you getting vaccinated and um what and how has religion affected you in your life and we will see you guys on the next episode of confabulation